I'm Leonard Nimoy. Join me for In Search of... An Artemis! The Gang of Four is back with an abbreviated episode of the podcast. Once again, we are doing tops only, top of mind only. And uh, we're going to kick it right off with John Heinz. John, what's on the top of your mind? Hi, Jim. Hi, John. Um, I guess top of my mind is the election, <laughs> and I've, I'm wondering what you guys. I'm feeling kind of hopeful. I'm taking a page from Jim's playbook and saying this is going to be Trump is going to be a one-term president, and I guess I'm wondering what each one of you thinks about when you look back at this presidency, what it's going to mean to you, have meant to you, for each one of you. Peggy, what do you? What will it mean to you? Um, I'm not ready to discuss that because um, <laughs> I'm, I don't have that same hope that you two have. And I don't want to curse anything by talking about it in the past. And would like to reserve <laughs> that question for post-inauguration. Uh, Which reminds us that one week well, from today, we'll be back with our post-election episode of the podcast but go well, ahead Peg, even if it's not even if it's not one even if it's a two-term he's a two-term president what will his first term have meant um, what's changed because of his presidency well i guess i could say that there the the chaos that's going on in the country and i guess that i mean people have said that that's one good thing that came out of it is it has brought to light how serious our race problems are because he's so horrible and now it's more on the forefront so maybe it'll get better i'm trying to be positive mm. there yeah because we're well, th- i didn't it. say to be positive i was just curious what it oh. was Shelley, okay. what's your your view um i think he will be a one-term president what will that term have meant to you oh or sorry. have meant for the country uh I think there's a mixture of good and bad. I think the good is exactly what Peggy said um, about uh, bringing greater light to some things that have already been known but maybe didn't bubble up as much or it kind of – they bubble up, then they go away. They bubble up and they go away, and I think things have stayed – like immigration, um, you know, the the – disparities and and race and diversity I think all of those things have been in have a brighter light shining on them than there have in the past whether it's a reflection of him and all of the nastiness that he does or it just was the right time Um, for me in terms of his term uh, I'm stuck I mean I, I I feel like feel like from the economy standpoint it felt like it was good but w- at the risk of the downside of uh, everything else that he did I don't know that that's a good effect to have so I don't know do I sound like a bumbling idiot no I feel like no it's great no it sounds it so that's what I that's what I wanted to hear John what does it Jim? mean to you Oh, I don't know. I mean, he, he I, I probably, I mean, I can say a range of things, but I think, you know, one of the biggest ones is Twitter. Just yeah. the, the fact that, yeah. which is, which is a trivial thing. I mean, compared to everything else, I mean, all the other big stuff, I'm not even going to bother saying, cause it's, you know, 
the 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 dark side of kind of the economy growing and what that means and what what I've come to understand that means when the when everyone's four hundred one k is going up at the expense of I don't know some long term stability or some planning or some intention as and and in the impeachment and his inability to have a staff and just the general you know destruction he's done of norms uh, within government and internationally. Um, there's all those things, but I think one of the, I guess something that just sticks out in my mind is that during this term of office, the world changed in that we shifted to even, you know, kind of lowly ministerial people are speaking as individuals on places like Twitter and, and Facebook and elsewhere. And, and it's just changed how communication happens and how we talk to each other. I know. I mean, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's a minor thing The the big, the, it, but it's, if you want to say something that's, I've, that's, that is kind of within, that's affected my life and within my, that I can tangibly feel on a day-to-day -day basis, it's that. So I would say that just like, despite the, well, despite the fact that he had a long, very long life with many, many accomplishments, the one thing that Hubert, Herbert Hoover is remembered for today is that he was president during the Wall Street crash and the beginning of the Great Depression. And the one thing that Donald Trump had, even though he has not had a very productive life, that he will be remembered for presiding over an historically terrible pandemic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. John, yeah. anything else before we move on? Nope. Peg, top of mind. Um, well, I hate to say this because it feels over-discussed, but I've got the virus on my mind because we had a emergency meeting at work today. All 30,000 employees were invited to a Zoom call from our CEO and um, to discuss how at my, like, 600-bed hospital... 62 uh, employees are positive, which is huge because a week ago we had three positive employees. So they're wow. on freak out mode and uh, had a big meeting with us to tell us to all not hang out with friends, don't hang out with family outside your house. Um, you know, it's not, and people aren't, the employees are not getting it from the patients. They're getting it from their friends and family in the community when they mm. socialize. So that's what's on the top of my mind right now because it, with Thanksgiving and all that stuff coming up, it's still a big mystery how that's all going to work out. Or maybe it's not this year and that's okay. Work out, meaning no one's going to be around. Yeah, like maybe we'll just take a year off from yeah, Thanksgiving. Holidays, Why do we have yeah. to do the same thing year after year, yep. right? Yep. yep. It's all right, yep. especially yep. when I see people. Like I see yeah. my mom all the time. So what's the big yep. deal about if I see her on Thanksgiving Day or not? Mm -hmm. So that's what's on the top of my mind. They said that we have 12% positivity rate. And uh, less than a week ago, we had a... 9% positive, or no, it was a week ago, we had a 9% positivity rate of all tests. They're testing three to 4,000 people a day. So wow. Yeah. 
So it's there and it's coming back. Dr. My Dr. Fauci says we're, this is still wave one, right? Mm-hmm. He said this is still wave one? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I, my hand is raised, and just to follow on what Peggy is saying, I wanted to <laughs> mention that uh, the U.S. has set another record for number of cases, and at the current rate of death, which is approximately 700 people a day, there will be an additional 56,000 deaths between now and January 20th. Everything I'm hearing is that the numbers are grossly underestimated, too, so... I don't know what the Oh, oh wait. Can I tell can I keep going on what's on my mind? Yes. The other thing is is that I know this person who was going to uh do what you have to do for your hunting rifles to get them all ready to go and he couldn't find any ammunition anywhere around Grand Rapids. He had to go way out of town. And he said everybody and he's a policeman and he says everybody's stocking up for whatever happens after the election. That's kind of freaky. Ooh, that's not good. Yeah, it's horrifying. Particularly all given right. the militia that in Michigan and all that stuff with your governor. Okay, anything else, Peg? <laughs> cheery. cheery. All cheery from Peg. Yes. Shelly, what's on the top of your mind? So, I hate to beat a dead horse, but... Um, I had this amazing weekend planned, despite not having my blowout Halloween party. Um, Shifted gears, good friend of the podcast, Janine, came to visit. She arrived last night, had nice cheese and crackers, and then this morning while we were enjoying our coffee... She got a phone call from somebody that she's been hanging out with pretty regularly that they tested positive. So we made the smart decision that she needed to promptly leave my house. And so sadly, she packed up all of her stuff. Wow. As I and um, drove back and on her way home, she was going immediately to the doctor. She had called and set up an appointment to get tested. So I had to, I called all my people and said, you know, it's off. <laughs> no bonfire tonight. No fire pit and dinner at friends tomorrow. No trick or treaty. No, none of that. So I am in my house um, for the next few days until I hear what the results of her tests um, comes back. And then I'll make a decision if I should go ahead and get tested anyway, if she, even if she tests negative. Or there's some, I guess, differing opinions on what I should do there. So that is uh, ruined my weekend, but um, in the scheme of things, it could be worse, hopefully. Or, I mean, could be worse, not hopefully, but we shall see how it turns out. Peg, you had something to add? I believe that if she tests <laughs> negative, you do not need a test, and you no longer need to quarantine. Well, duh. John? Well, she just said... She didn't know. Well, I know, but I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting tested. Shelly, how easy is it to get tested in Indy? So the reason why I said I possibly should get tested anyway is because Jim, before we started, said she could test. It could be a false negative. You know, 
but the chances of both of you getting tested and you being negative and you both being false negative are low. So then we had discussions about this, the sensitivity of a rapid test versus a real, the longer right. test. So um, that was my thinking, Peg, was to, if she tests negative, then I'm free and clear and I don't need to, to quarantine or be tested. Um, but before she left, we went online to see if she could just get like a rapid test here. And then she would know. Yeah. But uh, we could not find any in the area oh, here. God. There are tests that are 72 hour. So she could have, you know, had her blood drawn and then get the, or whatever, had the test done and then get the results in 72 hours. But um, she's just, I didn't want to take the risk of her, unfortunately, hanging out here and finding out in three days her results are positive. So, yeah. Yep. So that's top of mind. Yeah. No, but no. so you just can't go get tested, huh? Well, so I feel like if she was exposed on Tuesday, I was around her today for less than 24 hours, like even less than eight hours. I feel like I would have to have more incubation time mm. before mm. anything. Like, mm. it, it, you know, the second you're around somebody and you go and, get, and if I got tested, it could be too early before the, the antibodies right. are going to show up. No judgment. If I were in your position, Shelly, even if Janine tested negative, I would get tested. But that's not saying you'd do anything wrong not to get tested, but I would get tested even if she tested negative. John? I just I just am shocked at I, – I tried to – I got a – I've had like three same-day tests – in Chicago, and they were really easy to get. Like I could basically, you could. There was there was one place that had like twenty branches. It's like one of these immediate care clinic clinics. You could go line up at eight a.m. and you would just for any day, and you could you could get a test that day, and they'd give you an immediate result. But then that was true a month ago. The last two three weeks, you can't do that anymore. There's nowhere to get a test. You have to sign up at least a day in advance. And all the places that are having a a line are having virtual lines. Where starting at midnight, they open their website and you can sign up. And I just find it ridiculous. I mean, I just find it ridiculous that we don't have testing. I mean, it should be anybody who wants a test anytime should get a test instantly and get an instant result for free immediately everywhere. That's just like it's crazy to me. We don't have this up and running yet. Shelley. Um, shit, I forgot my question. <laughs> I'll come back this to you. Oh, then. my question you can was, interrupt Peggy, me. Peggy, Peggy, as a nurse who is hearing all of this stuff, what would, what is your opinion? Like I've exposed to her for less than eight hours. You think I should run out and get a test now? No, I wouldn't. I would wait until she, until you get the results of hers personally. I don't, just for the reasons that John said, and I'm not, John's not wrong, um, but they, you not everybody you can't just get tested just because you want to get tested and you have a you know so like when john says anybody should be able to get one anytime there's just not the infrastructure to do that so i personally would lay low if i were you wait for her results um unless you started to not feel well uh, i would even consider going to your bonfire tonight if you wanted with a mask no, they canceled it okay when I told um them. But, yeah, I wouldn't run right out. I mean, people are lying to get them. Like, people who need to, tr who want to travel, mm -hmm. they're they're telling their doctors they have symptoms so they can get a negative one so they can drive to a different state 
because you can't just get one. You can't even get one to travel. You have to have a reason. Yeah, you don't need one in Chicago. You don't need a reason in Chicago. Oh, you do here, and you. The website says you don't need a reason. You're a secondary. You're not even a you know direct exposure. Yes, I'm a secondary. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, uh, but like Jim said, no judgment. I If you went and got one, I wouldn't blame you one bit. But I also don't – I'm not super worried about you at this point. Where I live in Montgomery County, Maryland, uh, the county health department, every day of the week, somewhere in Montgomery County, they are providing free tests for anyone, whether you're symptomatic or not. And I've had three of those tests since that started. I also have had two of the rapid tests at clinics. But – uh, and again, I think those are better than nothing, but apparently they are far less accurate than mm-hmm. the ones that take 72 hours. That's what I'm given to understand. All right. All right. Well. Yes, agree. Agree. I do have my hand up, by the way, but I oh, do I'm agree sorry, that the rapid, <laughs> the rapid yeah. ones are not as good. Jim's hand's still up. Well, yeah. I Forgot to Jim hasn't mastered the hand. Thing. Um, any more <laughs> on that shell? It's riveting radio. Uh, no, uh, that is enough for me. Thank you. Okay, so I guess my hands back can... up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, sorry she we doesn't like to be on. called shell. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it's not that I don't like it. I just don't go by it. Uh, typically, I'm sorry. It's close enough. <laughs> so. I was going to say that we know that the podcast, not to mention that the state of the world is in bad shape, when I am the person that has to give the positive, happy report. (laughs) And that's what I'm going to do. Because the top of my mind is that I'm going to wish a happy birthday, because we're recording this on October 30th. And today is the 81st birthday of Eddie Holland, the Detroit-born songwriter and performer, most famous for his collaboration with his brother Brian and Lamont Dozier, known as Holland Dozier Holland, who wrote and produced some of the most uh, successful, popular, and great songs of Motown in the 1960s, and then continued on after their association of Motown to do the same thing. Some of the songs they wrote, they wrote for uh, Martha and the Vandellas, like Heat Wave and Nowhere to Run and I'm Ready for Love and Jimmy Mack and For the Four Tops, uh, Standing in the Shadows of Love, uh, Baby, I Need Your Lovin', Same Old Song, I Can't Help Myself, for uh, the Isley Brothers, This Old Heart of Mine, and most notably for the Supremes, where they wrote Where Did Our Love Go, Baby Love, Stop in the Name of Love, Back in My Arms Again, Nothing But Heartaches, You Can't Hurry Love, and uh, Reflections. You Can't Hurry Love also, of course, famously not only was the number one song for the Supremes, but also was the number one song for Phil Collins. They were amazing. They are amazing. Their songs are amazing. Happy birthday. Eddie Holland. And John, that is our short and sweet top of mind episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. We are going to be back in a week with a regular longer, you know, maybe nauseating, but longer podcast. (laughs) Uh, We are, um, we we are, as always, we want to thank our editor, Justin Mullins, and our music creator, Ted Enley. 
Um, and uh, if you like the show, please, uh, it, uh, on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to us, uh, give us a rating. To be completely frank, it helps best if you do it on Apple because that's kind of like the 500-pound gorilla in the room. But honestly, any any feedback is any good. And hey, send us a voicemail. Uh, send us a send us a message, uh, comments. We have uh, we, we we do those on our irregular shows, and uh, we have we have uh, will we get the feedback on our during our regular uh, episode. So if you have feedback, send it to us. It's in uh, it's search of an argument at gmail.com. and um, you can also get us on Twitter, Facebook. Instagram, we're we're everywhere. We're we're absolutely everywhere. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you in a fortnight. Take care. Bye. Bye. A week, Bye. not a fortnight. A week. Bye. 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 Bye.